Father, thank you for this morning. We can't thank you too much enough for all you have done for us. And we are grateful for these blessings which you have given to us. So that we glorified. That each time we come to your table, you keep speaking to us as to children. You keep revealing your mind to us. Lord, we are grateful. This very morning again, Lord, we come to the table to feast. Lord, teach us, show us things concerning the kingdom. Show us your nature. Let us behold you just as you are so that we will find an understanding for our souls as to what you wanted to do exactly when you proposed us to be like yourself. Help us to see areas in which we are deficient, areas in which we have not properly come into alignment or compliance to what you want to do. So that at the end of our journey, we measure up to the stature of Christ as you intended. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name. Alright, um, you are welcome to the study this morning again. And um, I have a long way to go, but I'm not doing anything different from what the Holy Ghost have started to stir. In our last study, I spoke about hindrances to the flow of the grace of God. Actually, I spoke on the title, or under the title, Insulated Grace. Then I was showing you a scripture from Titus chapter 2 verse 11, where Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, showing us a revelation that borders on the scopelessness of God's kindness. So that scripture reads, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men all men and by that statement what the lord will show us is that salvation is god's provision for all humanity regardless of race or culture but then when you read all through the scriptures especially the writings of the prophets you see that a good portion of their writings or their prophecies focused on god's plans for the Jews. And you know, when you begin to look at those plans God has for the Jews, it appears as though the only plan God has got is only for a race of people or a class of people and that the whole nations of the earth other than the Jews are damned. But that is not true. And thank God that God raised such an apostle as Paul who took his time to explain
attain God's eternal purpose. And if you have been following my teachings over time, you see that basically over the years, I have done no other thing than to explain to you the whole counsel of God. Nothing at all. Because if the Father's goal is to bring us into fellowship, that fellowship cannot be smooth and cannot bring out that which it intends to produce except first we understand the God with whom we have come to deal. And you know, in Hebrews chapter 4, I think verse 12, reading towards um, the end, uh, where Apostle Paul was talking about the effect of the word of God, saying the word of God is a two-edged sword, um, piercing into um, to um, putting asunder the soul and the spirit and the marrow and is it the sanan of the earth. Then he, he went on to say that uh, we are all naked before him whom we have to do. In other words, as God has called us to himself, he has expectations. There is a posture you want us to maintain. And that scripture I've just referenced in Hebrew, a light that we have got to be naked because he's naked. So we will do well in our work with God or in our search for him or in our knowledge of him, our quest to know him, to find out his attributes. And over the time I've told you there are different things that the scriptures present or provide for us um, in order to give us an advantage in our work with him. He showed us his name, he showed us his attribute, he showed us his character. And when Christ came, Christ showed us his kingdom. And may I say this? I have read the scriptures for years or for ages. It seems to me that the only person that gave us a vivid and graphic description of the kingdom of God, of the Father himself, and of his operations is the Son. Of course, that is justified by John chapter 1 verse 18. No one has seen the Father at any time. But the only begotten son who was in the bosom of the father came to reveal him. So, this cup of salvation is borderless. The grace of God that brings soteria. Soteria means freedom. In other words, if the grace brings soteria to all mankind, it's meant that until Jesus came, humanity is under a bondage. And that bondage is spiritual. That bondage is the reason why man lives the way he lives, talks the way he does, acts the way he does. You know, maintain certain attitude towards God and his work the way he does because he's, he's, he's disaligned, he's disconnected, he's disjointed from the one who made him. But then we see that God's provision is that all man will be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That is, they will come to know the truth. So man had grown in darkness. Man had been confused. Man is in search for the truth. So Jesus Christ came as an embodiment of God to reveal the truth. Oh, glory to God. The scripture did not just say that grace came by Jesus. 
it says grace and truth in other words grace and reality in essence grace and freedom because of course in john chapter 8 jesus christ said it is the truth that brings about man's freedom you will know the truth and the truth we set you free or we make you free where jesus sets free the truth makes free that's a theology depending on the version of the bible you are reading because some version did not really make any distinction but the truth is that freedom is one of the things the work of christ bargained and bought or still accomplished for us so in the last teaching i predominantly took you on a ride by that scripture and let's quickly start from that scripture so as to um thank you lord jesus so as to emphasize the very focal point titus chapter 1 glory to god verse 11 then we are going to read 11 and 12 because verse 12 tells us the assignment of the grace of god and as a matter of fact the scripture especially the writing of the apostles is very explicit as to what is meant by grace grace is a description or the the brand or the name or the label or a description still of all that god had done for mankind for free and it is the totality or the general name that is used to describe all of god's provisions for man that does not include any payment for man in fact the first place man cannot even afford it that's why it's all grace hallelujah so you must understand that so let's read titus chapter 2 verse 11 for the grace of god that brings salvation has appeared to all men that is to humanity all humanity and i say by this god's plan includes everyone the gentiles and the jews all inclusive now verse 12 says teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly loss we should live soberly righteously godly in this present age verse 13 looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great god and savior jesus christ verse 14 very key who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every oh my god from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people mark those words purify for himself cleanse for himself make 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 blameless to himself his own special people zealous for good works now when you look at the the principles contained in this uh, verses of the scriptures first we understand that salvation came by grace so salvation is the product of grace so grace produces salvation and when you read ephesians chapter 2 chapter 1 respectively you see that apostle paul explains that grace is not of works lest any man should boast is the free gift of god then he went on to describe grace as the expression of the kindness of god and of course when we read on 
this account of Titus, Apostle Paul still went forward to describe the grace of God as the goodness of God. As the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Okay, now let's look at Titus chapter 3. From verse 3. Titus chapter 3 from verse 3. For we ourselves, we are also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lost and pleasures, living in malice and envy, eating and hateful of one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, that's another expression used to describe the grace of God, the kindness and the love of God. When the kindness and the love of God, our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, that is amazing, we should become his heirs, that is amazing, according to the hope of eternal life. Now, this is the tenet of the whole um, doctrine of salvation. But, you know, there are too many things from these few scriptures I've read. If we want to sit to understand their intricacies and what they actually meant or stand for, or what by the Spirit of God the apostles want to put forth, we will spend ages. But the first thing I want to turn your eye to, which burns brightly, it's the fact that Apostle Paul explains or still identifies the grace of God to be the kindness of God and the love of God which appear to man and he describes this to be God's exclusive work. He says it is not by works of righteousness. That is, it's not because we are being good. And that's what I'm going to be explaining in this teaching as I speak on what I titled grace of election the grace of election there is the grace that brings salvation to all man and there is also the grace of election they all came from the boat father but they have different assignments when the great when the sorry when the grace of election has to do with god selecting man picking man trying to recruit trying to shortlist and trying to deploy men into what he intends to do from the foundation of the earth which one of them is the salvation of the whole race the other is actually his grace in bringing all mankind to himself in other words there is the dimension of grace that borders basically on the nature of god which is his kindness and his love to mankind and there is another level of grace that border predominantly on the eternal purpose of god what god had intended to do for mankind and you know we have got to set this rightly because if we do not understand this somewhere in our work with god will begin to come to conclusions that are wrong that cannot be substantiated that does not actually depict or that is not consistent with the nature of the father we have come to know 
you see many christians i mean many believers are confused today they have a lot of questions about their faith in fact they are beginning to doubt certain things they are beginning to resent certain things they are beginning to wag their nose to begin to to doubt or debate certain doctrines because they have not experienced it and they have done everything they could to actually unravel it they've not had too many messages on that respect or those ones they've listened to are not clear and because of that they either shut their mind against such doctrines or they believe that it is false and all of those the more reason it is very necessary that as we come to know the father certainties has to be straightened out so that you know we will not stumble and that reminds me of the words of apostle paul in hebrews i think it should be hebrews chapter 12 or 13 if i'm not wrong apostle paul said we should make straight the pathway for the lame I mean, for the cripple, something of such, I wish I can look at that scripture now, so that that which is lame can walk. So we have got to strengthen, I, I, I don't know how to put it exactly. We have got to take away every stumbling blocks, everything that could, that could, uh, that, that, that could, you know, possess themselves or that could be a kind of a puzzle in our work with God, which is not actually helping us to be able to crack certain truths and then which are not helped to aid our work with the Father. I don't know whether you get what I'm talking about. Because if you don't understand the, the way the father operates sometimes, you begin to see your mind as though the father is partial. Because why would he make certain people to be this and certain people to be that? Or he, 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 he exclusively makes certain people to lead certain moves while he makes others to be their associate or to support them or to make others benefit hallelujah now let me read the scriptures to you then i will go to the last scripture we stopped with in the last teaching then i will begin to speak of the grace of election and here really what i want to establish is that there is an election according to grace apostle paul in romans chapter chapter 9 or 11 within those scriptures i've been studying those scriptures spoke about the fact that there is a remnant a remnant according to the election of grace now a remnant they are actually paul was talking about the fact that god's plan for the jews is not thrown into the trash because of the gospel and that all through the ages despite the stubbornness and the rebellion of the house of um, israel god had still preserved a remnant until christ came to bring into perspective the full intention of the father then he began to say that just as God was careful over the years, which span more than 2,000 years, to preserve a race in, in, in that he is trying to jealously get his covenant with Abraham. In the same way, what grace does is that he sets aside those who have come to embrace it. But in the first place, the grace appeared to all. But not all had believed the grace or had received the grace hallelujah so there is an election by grace 
And then, you know, that same concept, election by grace, one, explains the fact that there are people God had mapped out, had chosen by himself to make use of in his scheme of things. And then he chose those people, not because of certain traits they possess, not because they are are special, not because, you know, know, they are... They are um they, they merit it. I think that is good enough. Not because they merit it, but because God chose them because of what He intends to do at a particular time with a particular group of people within a particular space or geographical location. Now that has nothing to do with the plan of God where salvation is concerned, where the redemption of of God is, uh, of of mankind is concerned, and that does not mean that those who were elected by God in this way are superior or are better loved or more loved than those who are not elected for such assignment in other words god can have a specific assignment for you that is distinctively different from every other assignment we give to every man and one of the things the lord we have say, which i will begin to lay uh, uh one after the other is the fact that one of the greatest good you can do to yourself in your walk with God on your journey through life is to find out God's purpose for your life. And as a matter of fact, there is no one who had work on planet Earth or who exists at this particular time or who will exist in time to come shoot. You know, the world is not folded up. You know, none will exist or will find its place into this cosmos without God's ordination or god's assignment for that person so the greatest good anyone can do to himself or herself is to find out his own primary purpose from the whole scope of god's intention never you forget that by the grace of god i want to explain and as i've explained the fact that there is the grace of god that appeared to all men which is not restricted. Meanwhile, not all men had received it. And the fault is not God, it's us. And I've said that Jesus is God's gift for us. And aside that, men are God's gift for us. And I say the fact that um, the grace of God is to make distinction, but not really to make distinction if all we embrace it. But it does make distinction because the grace is to effect an end in those who receive it. And those who eventually receive it, they receive something with it that makes them different from every other person who had not received it. That is the grace of God that brings about salvation. And that is the nature of God in bringing all man folks to himself. But there is the grace of election. And as a matter of fact, you cannot be qualified for the grace of election or you cannot be elected in, in God's plans except first you receive the grace I mean, let's call it the general grace of God. And you know, when I was pondering this, the Holy Ghost gave me an illustration to bring this to light. And you know, the Lord had been bringing that instance, I mean, that instance into my spirit. But before I show you that instance, I want to give you the reference of the scripture I quoted the other time. And that is in Romans chapter 11 verse 5. The scripture says that even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant. The word remnant means a reserve. 
a preservation, a, a class of people preserved. A, um, um, how do I put it? Holy Spirit, give me a word. That is to, to set aside um, a few out of many. There is a remnant according to the election of grace. So grace dogs elect the grace of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God forevermore. Glory be to God forevermore. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God forevermore. All right. Um, sorry. We, we, we're going to... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 